Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome to yet another quarantini episode of I'm Horrified. Oh, episode number, I've lost count. I don't remember which one. I think this will be 20. <laughs> 20 episodes in quarantine? I think this will be 20. Oh, boy. Which I'm means tired. we will have been quarantining for like 11 weeks if this is episode 20. That is, yeah, it is a good unit of measurement, our, <laughs> our um, work here on this here pod. Mm-hmm. But as you can see, I'm in a new background. I'm in New York right now. Um, not New York City, but Long Island, which is really Long Island rather than New York. I should just say Long Island. People will Very know. Different. That's like um, when I, whenever I go home and I tell people like, oh, I have to go up to New York this weekend. I like have to be like upstate, upstate. It's not. Upstate New York. <laughs> just you just say upstate and they probably, they I guess they think you'd mean upstate Massachusetts, but nobody says that. No, people say like Western Mass. What is upstate Massachusetts? Just Salem and... <laughs> Manchester, I guess. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing to it. Just a little, little long postage stamp with a little curvy guy. Yep. Just a little penis at the end. (laughs) How I've always thought about it. (laughs) 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 Um, I think about Texas that way too. Just a little penis and Florida. All right, I'm gonna stop talking. Uh, Sam, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Um, Guys, my dweeb heart is very excited. Today we're gonna talk about the best Shakespearean adaptation. Woo! So excited. We, which we've talked about at length, just I think in our knowing each other. But we figured we'd talk about it today. Yeah, and as longtime listeners know, we both went to theater college, and that's how we met. Yeah. Big nerdos. We love Shakespeare. We love Shakespearean adaptations. This is right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. We've been in a couple of Shakespeare shows together. Mm -hmm. So it's the best. We're going to talk about it. Um, Sam, what are you going to talk about? Which which Uh, one are you going to talk about? I'm going to give a shout out to a couple briefly when I start, but uh, I'm going to talk in depth about Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. Oof. And you know what? You know what, listeners? I was going to talk about that. (laughs) Yes, I was going to talk about something totally different. I called it first, and then I thought, no. Then I thought, I'm doing this all wrong. And what I really want to talk about is the um, 14th episode of the second season of Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. Um, and when I realized that, like, when I remembered that that existed, I was like, stop everything. Yeah. <laughs> stop everything. This is, this is what I am called to do. This is the work I am called to do today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I feel, I feel called to speak. You know what I mean? Like, can yeah. I just say my truth right now, Sam? Please preach. Preach to the Can I go first? Yes. So again, season two, episode 14, uh, the, the episode is titled Out Darn Spotlight. Or as many of you will know it, it is the Macbeth in Space episode. <laughs> um, Love it. Did, have you seen it? Did you see it? I don't know if I saw it. I liked Jimmy Neutron. I watched a fair amount. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it, but I'm not remembering it as you, as you mention it. Jimmy Neutron was significantly ahead of its time. It really it was, was. Very pop culture heavy. It was really funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it's kind of similar to like a Phineas and Ferb. I love um, style. You know what I mean? Like just funny for kind of whoever's watching it. Um, but I freaking loved it. It was like one of my favorites. Um, so the premise of, I mean, the premise of the TV show is that the protagonist is a boy genius. Yes. Simple, clean, classic. We love it. Um, but so the, the episode is centered around Principal Willoughby, 
who is um, also, I guess, in charge of the theater department, is directing his vision of Macbeth in space, a galactic Macbeth adventure that's sort of like Shakespeare meets Star Wars. I love that. And just everyone is so excited, especially Betty, who's kind of like Jimmy Neutron's like quasi love interest. Um, uh, is that Betty or is that Cindy? I'm just remembering Jimmy. Oh, Neutron Cindy, right Cindy. Now. No, 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 wait. Wait. No, yes. Betty. So Betty is. Because I just don't remember exactly who's who. Betty's the pretty one. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Cindy is the quasi love interest. Yes, Cindy Vortex. I just remember that. Cindy Vortex is the, is the quasi love interest. Libby is Cindy's best friend. Yes. Okay, I'm back. I know. Um, and also one of the better characters. Libby and Sheen are where it's at for personally. Because <laughs> um, Sheen, excellent character. Carl, also excellent character. All the tertiary, like secondary tertiary characters, are the okay. best in this show. Bulby, I am excellent. Carl. <laughs> yes, you you do have big Carl energy. I think she I have big Libby energy only character and big Sheen energy. So it's yeah, you get it. But so Betty, who's like kind of his crush, um, but Sydney is kind of his like opposite. Yeah. Um. So Jimmy finds out that Betty's auditioning for Lady Macbeth, and he wants to like play Macbeth now, so uh-huh. he can be, um, like with her with her right exactly so i'm trying i'm piecing this together it's very difficult from the resources of your mind oh i'm trying to think um so long story short i don't think he gets the part um but then there's like a crazy thing that happens later and jimmy has to um like jump in and help with something and he ends up um like sabotaging it oh, but no. and then sheen is also cast carl's cast i be- carl is which number one kills it <laughs> um sheen is cast as like nobody sheen is cast as soldier soldier number five it says and he has one line and it's my lord your wife lady Macbeth approaches and he can't remember it and, like, they keep saying it, like, throughout the whole episode, like, my lord, your wife, Lady Macbeth approaches. And he's like, I get it. Like, I know it. I know it already. <laughs> and he doesn't know it. And then, oh, here's the big twist. Like, five minutes before the show starts, a Hollywood producer, like a TV producer, shows up. His name is Corky Shimatsu. Ooh, um, great, name. <laughs> great name. They killed it with the names on this show. And they're like, okay, I'm trying, he's, he comes in and is like, I'm trying to book my new lead actress for my TV spec spunky girl. Um, and Betty is like me. And I think Cindy's also like, also me having some, um, but Corky Shimatsu is just looking for his star and he doesn't know if they're, he's going to find it. Um, <clears throat> and Jimmy's trying to get a kissing scene with Betty but he doesn't know if it's going to happen. Sheen's trying to remember his line. It's all terrible. Um, basically, uh, everything goes awry. Um, Bulby is in a jetpack somehow. Um, we don't know how. I think Bulby gets like picked up by Corky Shimatsu. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's just like the best episode of television. And what I love about it is it sort of, and this is, this is where I'm going to get serious, is, like, 
this is what Shakespeare intended, I think, is like a big fucking pile of nonsense that makes people laugh Mm -hmm. and is about love and the tribulations of it. Yes. That's Shakespeare. Like that is, that is what Shakespeare is about. People think it's really complicated. It's about Yes, the human condition, but mostly nonsense mm-hmm. and the nonsense of the human condition. Um, and there's lightsabers in it. Thank God. And um, and I'm trying to look at some of the oh, Cindy has the best line. Um, one of the quotes that I found in the quotes thing of the fandom page says, "If any," so Cindy says to them, "If any of you do anything t- wrong tonight, I will kill you." Um, which I think is classic Cindy. Yeah. Um, and I just think that everyone should revisit Jimmy Neutron. We're revisiting everything else. Thank goodness we're revisiting Avatar The Last Airbender. But I think that that should come back onto streaming. I agree. So that's my pla- I'm using my platform for that. I love that. Um, and that's all I have to say about it. It's the best. My favorite episode of Jimmy Neutron was where... Cindy and Jimmy switch brains and their friends yep. have yep. to separate out the things about them back into their own brains. But by the end of it, the friends are just like really tired and they're like, ability to whistle. Which of them yeah. can whistle? Give it and to then they Cindy. were like, well, we gave Jimmy rapturous enjoyment of mustard. Let's give yeah. Cindy whistling. <laughs> um, I remember that quote. Oh, it's so good. It's just it's so, so, it was so ahead of its time. It was. Today's kids blast. will never know. Um, but I think after, I mean, I think we should move into um, a sincere adaptation of Shakespeare's work, which I, I absolutely do believe, like, if I was taking this seriously, which clearly I'm not, this is the, this is the, the true winner of, this yeah. is the best movie adaptation of a Shakespeare play ever. It's the yeah. best. It's the best one. That's that. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me talk about my runners up so briefly and you can agree or disagree with me because I'm okay. sure you've seen all these as well. I bet I have. But here's some runners up. Um, the Romeo plus Juliet by Boz Lerman. Oh, it's a good one. And Leonardo DiCaprio. It makes me horny. It should make you horny as well. Uh, it's just the best teen sex drama. It's not necessarily the best Shakespeare adaptation. <laughs> I love absolutely it. true. It's very good. Um, uh, the uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, which is an adaptation of uh, Planning of the Shrew, but it's the 90s and they're in high school and, mm. and it's great. And Again, the Lord. It's hot. Um, it is pretty hot. I have a special space in my heart for the A Midsummer Night's Dream movie that came out in 1999. And it's got um, Kevin Klein as Bottom and Michelle Pfeiffer as Titania. I don't think that I've seen this. It's really good. So it's, they, they put it in like the twenties or something, 19th century. So whatever, but it's like, so it's like not Shakespeare's time, but it's still a period piece. Um, but everyone in it is really fun. Stanley Tucci is puck. Christian Bale is there. He's like, wow, this is a packed cast. It's a really packed cast. And I think it's a really good adaptation that like, it really, you get all the beats of the play which sometimes adaptations kill some of the beats, and I respect that. I do think sometimes in, ad- in adapting Shakespeare, you have to kill some of the stuff he puts in there. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Yeah, but in this case, they really catch, like, they keep Pyramus and Thisbe in there. They keep, like, Thisbe. Titania, she wants to fuck this donkey. They've got it all. 
So <laughs> I respect that. Um, uh, a shout out to She's the Man, starring Amanda Bynes. Oh, also a great one. And I think um, She's the Man is reminds me of what you were saying about Jimmy Neutron, where like this point of Shakespeare and a Shakespeare comedy specifically, it should make you laugh and a little bit horny. That's yeah. all it's trying. It should be trying to do. And She's the Man accomplishes that. I think that for me, like a lot of Shakespeare is about youth, like not necessarily like innocence, because mm-hmm. that's not there at all, but like, like emotion at its purest form. Like when people say like, oh, human condition and blah, 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 like that comes up a lot with Shakespeare, but like emotion in its purest form happens best when you have like fucking preteens running around lustfully jumping on each other. Like that is just, that's what humanity is all about, like in its primal stage. And I think, yes, you're right, that those all kind of get at how that applies to us now. And by now, I mean in the 1990s. Absolutely. And I think think we were at our purest in the 1990s. I think the scene in She's the Man that most encapsulates the spirit of Shakespeare is when um, the brother is on the field. I forget his name off the top of my head. Mm. Sebastian. Mm -hmm. He's on the field playing soccer. He had been, his sister Viola had been filling in for him at the school, but now he's really there. But someone comes out and they're like, he's really his sister. And he's like, okay, I'll prove it. And he pulls down his pants to show off his dick classic and then later viola comes back on and she's like i'm viola and they're like sure you are and then she's like fine and she shows her boobs. rips off her top and <laughs> it's iconic and i'm like iconic if shakespeare was writing now this is the scene he would have written it just is i'm sorry yeah. i could picture him watching it and being like this is good yeah. this is really good it was really good a young channing tatum like come on <sighs> yeah so young <laughs> So young, <laughs> but Endless. we're here wow. to talk about the king. And for me, the king is Kenneth Branagh's Much Do About Nothing that came out in 1993. I would just say Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson's. I know that he directed it, but I feel like it's as much her movie as his. I strongly That's just agree. how I feel. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Much Do About Nothing, fuck off. But <laughs> it's the best Shakespeare play. It's unironically my favorite Shakespeare play of all time. Mine too. Um, and it's basically about... Um, the two couples, so one is Beatrice and Benedict, and they have interacted a lot in the past, and they're just always fighting. Like, their thing is that they hate each other, and every time they run into each other, they just, like, scream at each other and then depart. And in some versions, it's kind of alluded to that maybe they had a previous relationship, and in some versions, it's just, like, they've just never gotten along. Yeah, but they are the original Sam and Diane. Yeah, for real. That's, like... That's it. And so then uh, Beatrice has a cousin. Her name is Hero. And she's like a very young, innocent young girl. Gorgeous. Benedict has a best friend and his name is Claudio. And all the dudes get back from the war and Claudio and Hero meet. And Claudio's like, I'm in love. I'm in love with her. We have to get married. And Benedict's like, gay. But it's (laughs) like, just, okay, I don't like that. But fine. There's a prince. And in this, he's played by Denzel Washington. So just think mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to help you with this. But meanwhile, we're also going to make Benedict and Beatrice fall in love. It's great. So the story itself is really fun. It's a, it's a romp. It's a comedy. Um, but then Kenneth Branagh has the audacity to just make, put it under the Tuscan sun. So the whole movie is so like sunny and warm and like 
idyllic and everyone's just tan and gorgeous in their white outfits. With Her the- is wearing white linen. Yeah, it's so good. And he, and he puts together this cast. So it's he, of course, it's a Kenneth Branagh movie, so he's the star. He's starring as Benedict. In the role of Beatrice is his then wife, uh, Emma Thompson, who is a legend, an icon, a star. And the chemistry that they have with each other in this movie is so good. It's electric. It is just like nothing else. Electric. It's so good. Um, I'm so excited for you to talk about my favorite casting choice, which you're getting to. I know you're getting to. I'm getting to. Um, (laughs) Claudia was Robert uh, Sean Leonard. He was in, um, oh God, uh, Oh Captain, My Captain, the Robin Williams, and they're all standing on Dead Poets Society, and he was also in House. And he was in House. And then in her first ever film role, Kate Beckinsale as Mm -hmm. him. Um, mm-hmm. He's like so young and gorgeous in this. She it's does scary. an okay job. <laughs> Hero is a thankless role, is what I would Yeah, say. Hero's a, a real Bella Swan. Like, yeah. there's nothing there. Um, as I mentioned, Denzel Washington, he plays the prince. And he's just like fucking confident and sexy. Like, that's great. He's amazing. And playing his brother, the bastard prince that everyone hates. It's Keanu Reeves, folks. Keanu Reeves. In a masterclass of making choices. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is there. Just living in the moment as the yep. bad guy. You can tell Acting him. is reacting, okay? And he gets it. You he can tell that they're just like, Keanu, you're bad. And he was like, oh, you don't have to tell me anything else. I'm just going to play that. They're like, what if, don't, don't, don't tell me anything else. No. Just I don't want to know. <laughs> So, like, that's all a blast. Michael Keaton is there in, like, a small comedic role, which is hilarious that he's just in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just a really, really good adaptation. It's in the original language, which I think there's a lot of merit to keeping the original language, and there's a lot of merit to, like, she's the manning it and updating it to, like, the new vernacular of whatever time you're making it in. I really see the argument for both, but I think what Kenneth Branagh does here that's really hard to do and is really successful is that even though it is still in the original Shakespearean tongue and it's in like a weird period piece vibe, it's still really fucking funny when it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Like it I laugh very out loud funny. in scenes of this movie. And I feel like I could show this to friends of mine who aren't like big Shakespeare people and they would still get it and find the funny parts funny, which yeah. isn't always easy for Shakespeare because for some, like the language can just be really hard for some people to like, be willing to listen along to it can yeah. be putting at first I think sometimes it's like a little bit like subtitles like the it's very off-putting maybe in theory but then once you kind of get used to it it gets easier I, I agree I totally agree but I think he does a really really good job of like making that transition easier for people yep. and making it accessible without just like changing the literal language so that it is normal vernacular English exactly um but yeah literally there's a scene in this where Benedict is overhearing some of the guys talk about how Beatrice is in love with him. And it's Kenneth Branagh like hiding behind a bush as he's like listening (laughs) to like what they're saying. And then he's like reacting very big and then trying to keep it quiet. And it's genuinely so funny. Like I think about it when I think to myself, like what's like good 
farcical slapstick humor. Like it's that Shakespeare scene, which you wouldn't have but it's so good. he's in like a it's like a hedge maze kind yeah. of thing, right? It's so good. That scene alone is so good. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere if you want to hear what we're talking about. The but. best joke in it is that so they know that he's listening. That's like an important plot point is that they're trying to like make him think he's overhearing, but really they know he's there. Yeah, they're like, ha da da like they they can tell. So he's like they're they know what that they're fucking with him and he's just like what it's amazing but at one point they're like can you believe that beatrice is in love with him and he out loud goes like what and then he realizes that people could just hear that so he starts going what 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 like trying to be a bird yeah (laughs) and they're all looking around and then the three guys just all together go oh like move on like they're all just like it's a bird it's a bird right and it's like so funny it's so good um, so yeah, to me, this is the best Shakespeare adaptation. Um, ironic because Kenneth Braun has also done some of the worst Shakespeare adaptations. Do not watch his Love Labors Lost. It's bizarre. He's done <laughs> just, I guess, a lot of them. He's done a lot of them. He loves to take an, a classic piece of work and, and cast himself in the lead and put it on screen. He does love to do that. Um, and I think also it's hard for me to forgive him for what he did to Emma Thompson. Oh my God. But he the two of them did some of their best work together. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. For and, sure. And Keanu Reeves is Don John in this is just like out of the Keanu story. Reeves is Don John in this. And I think, I think Michael Keaton was um, like the policeman who comes yeah. at the end. If I'm not for remembering that incorrectly, which is right. also a funny part. And Nathan Fillion played that part in um, the weird Joss Whedon adaptation. Yes. Another director I feel weird about now. Um, yeah, no. The Josh, the Joss Whedon adaptation is good. It, it is good. It, I remember good enjoying it, but why don't I care about it now, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do remember enjoying it. When it came out, a lot of people were like, oh, wow. Because he filmed it in black and white, like, over a weekend with, with all his famous actor friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was kind of, like, the cool, sexy, exciting thing about it. Um, and it, they're all good performances and a lot of it's funny, but this feels like so vibrant and exciting when you watch it. And the Joss Whedon one like just doesn't quite feel the same way. The Joss Whedon one feels like a good take. The yeah. the one that the Kevin Branagh one feels like everything much to do about nothing should be. I agree. It I just agree. kills it. So I mean watch either, but this is the this is the one if you want to watch this one first. Like much to do. Yes. Uh uh, it's so good. Now I just want to watch it. I know. We'll we'll have to watch it soon. We'll have to do a Zoom chat and watch it. Very that. excited. And apparently the Midsummer Night's Dream with Calista Lockhart and Kevin Klein because you haven't seen it. Yes, I have not seen that. So I, I do want to see that too. 100%. But all right. So now you have more things to watch. Um, yeah, something in quarantine if you want to be cultured. Yes. Um, again, a quick update that we're doing one of these a week now going back to what I mean... We're not taking anything away. We used to do one episode per week, um, and now uh, we're doing one mini-sode per week. Um, but uh, we don't love you any less. We love you very much. Um, you know, we hope everyone out there is still, you know, has hopefully settled into some kind of routine that makes you feel like everything's manageable. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, be well, everyone. We hope you are. Bye.